Hey everybody and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast. My name is Aid, and yes, I'm back, back once again uh, following a two-week break uh, where I have been exploring Italy, which is an amazing country. You should all go there as soon as you possibly can. Uh, and uh, But I hear that uh, whilst I was away, uh, my so-called friends on the show... Uh, were not quite as nice to me or about me as as they possibly might have been. Um, in fact, so much so uh, that the main protagonist has run away um, unaccountably. Um, uh, no, normally, uh, the feisty one, um, uh, brave Sir Graham, has nobly run away this evening. Um, uh, some excuse about gardening or something i don't know exactly but that doesn't even give an excuse i don't even know if he gave an excuse (laughs) oh well maybe but that does as you can hear listeners that does leave me uh with my preferred podcasting partner rachel how you doing rach (laughs) (laughs) i'm good i'm good thank you uh aid it's so nice to have you back i can't believe you abandoned me for two weeks with graham (gasps) Uh, i spent nearly a year with him week in week out before you joined the team (laughs) i mean you know it's it's tough we don't talk about that that's that's uh ancient history now we don't have to uh, worry about those uh, scary days of old Thank, um, thankfully anymore. not thank, thankfully <laughs> not so are you well I'm fine. Apart from a slightly bruised knee, um, I managed. Um, I'm in a slightly different uh, room in the house than the one that I usually use for recording. Uh, so, firstly, apologi- uh, apologies to everybody if it sounds a little bit different. Um, I'm currently. I have the dog with me. She may at any point decide to get up and start woofing because she wants to play um, or run outside because <laughs> the bin men will be out doing something with the bins, uh, getting them ready. Um, and as I sat down, I managed to smash my knee on the uh, glass coffee table which is uh, rather painful so uh, yes there was quite a bit of swearing before we started excellent a proper, <laughs> um, a proper middle class injury <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's uh, it's actually my coffee table's actually got like a sort of like um, resin um, violin and some books and things and like a piece of glass on top. I actually got it from the uh, um, shopping centre in the middle of Liverpool randomly. No, oh, okay. <laughs> um, many years ago, um, from a very not posh shop. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's um, it's a it's a nice piece actually. It's something a little bit different. That's why I like it because I'm a bit different. So uh, yeah. Anyway, so I managed to injure myself on that already today, but. Um, I've got my uh, hot cup of tea with me and hopefully I won't spill it on me <laughs> on myself I'll uh, I'll just use it as a comfort uh, but so yes yeah, so that's me okay um, so after a literally bumpy start you're ready to the, ready for the show this week <laughs> ready for the show yes okay and, well uh, that's good news that is very good news because we have a super special guest and I am very pleased to be able to introduce our guest this week somebody I've been wanting to talk about talk about sorry talk to even <laughs> excuse me <laughs> talk to for for quite some time now Um, ever since I saw her name on the front of a very good book. Um, I am pleased to introduce our special guest this week, Monica Andre. Monica, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. Hi all, and yeah... Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. It's great, great to have you here. I was trying to figure out how to uh, to introduce you earlier on, and when we, especially when we were talking just before we hit record, and I've got down here a little list. You are an author, of course. We know that. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that properly in a minute. You are an educator. Uh, you are a fibre and textile guru and aficionado. Um, oh, <laughs> and, and apparently a pen addict as well. What's that all about? <laughs> yeah, that are my analog idiosyncrasies. So. Sometimes you need something to be. So in my day job, I am to- a totally digital person. So I sit in front of a computer. I do digital communications, and sometimes I need some something haptic, something that 
smells good, that feels good in my hand. And yeah, that's why I spin, I knit, I write, and I love my pens and my paper. Okay, so so yeah, so this is so we are talking to a genuinely multi-talented person then, because you can do all sorts of all sorts of stuff then. But I guess we could probably start with the photography side of things, um, and uh, you know the I guess the 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 way I first became aware of your work in the photography arena was uh, as the author of the film photography handbook, uh, which is a, a book, of course, that your your co-author we have already had on this show sometime mm-hmm. previously. But it's very good to complete the set. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. And and uh, so yeah, and and I think um, yeah, we I, I've I've studied that book um, uh, because your co-author Chris kindly gave us a copy, and now Rachel has it, and I'm pretty sure Rachel's got some questions for you. But uh, yeah, how did how did you come to write a a film photography handbook? Yeah, that's a good question. And normally, if you talk to authors, they would say, oh, I've wrote several ex excerpts have sent them to to the publisher and I tried to get my book idea into the publisher and try to get it out there but actually it was different when when Chris and I um, got first the idea to to write a book it was that the publisher approached us just because we we were so chatty on social media about what we love doing and uh, we we did a lot of workshops on film photography we we blogged about it we Right then had no podcast about it, but Chris has a photography podcast. I have one. So actually the word went out that that film photography is our thing. And then the publisher, they were looking for somebody to write a book about this niche in photography. And actually he Googled us. <laughs> the lector Googled us. Oh, and, really? <laughs> and he said, oh, and contacted us. Do you have any would you love doing a book with us we want to do something on film photography and so we said yes and there was the contract so it was a little bit like um yeah i have never planned to write a book wow so it was but it was a lot of fun actually so and and it must have been a lot of idea yeah it must have been a lot of work as well because this is not just a thin book that describes just something about film photography this is like the book that describes (laughs) everything about film photography i mean i i was amazed at how much detail and how many different processes and things that you've managed to cram into it that was not that difficult because first when they asked us do you want to write a book we said okay let's let's do a mind map of some sorts and, and sort through all the ideas we have. And this mind map got bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> so jumping from one idea to the next and was actually, we could have done more. I mean, there is still no dark room work in there. So that is also a big field that we didn't cover. And yeah, when you, when you love things, you, you, you experiment a lot. You try a lot of things out. We have actually worked with, I don't know, 20 developers or even more so as each and everything is changing things in analog photography there is so much you could talk about so we had a lot of work not to bore people out actually so doing doing the stuff that was in there was for two authors was not that hard so we did the structure we we said okay Chris does uh, this chapter I do this one and we looked first into what we love to do and then the rest we filled 
so there is one chapter left <laughs> do you do it or do, should i do it and yeah it was it was actually it was super nice and i learned a lot while writing that book it's actually that's the most important thing if you if you dive into a topic or something like something you love you 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 learn so much it's actually i think i'm a bit more experienced in analog photography than I was before I wrote the book. Oh, that, I mean, that, that, that's good to know. I mean, I, I have heard there is a, uh, I, I, I don't know who said it, but I have heard the famous phrase, you know, if you, if you want to, to, to really learn something, uh, you have to try and teach it to somebody mm -hmm. else. Yeah. Uh, and I guess a book is a kind of teaching in that sense, isn't it? Because you're, you're, get, you're sharing your knowledge, uh, albeit in a, in a written form and, uh, you need to make sure it's, it's right. <laughs> Absolutely. So we have to have to research all the topics, check if you haven't set on an urban legend somehow, because there are a lot of myths out there about photography and especially about analog photography. So you have to take the voodoo out kind of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, interesting. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I would also add on that um, the most the thing where you learn most is if you podcast about things because then people come back with questions, come back with ideas, correct you and tell you whenever you talked BS on the show. <laughs> Do you know what? So, that happens to me a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> here. It never happens to him. I always, sure. I always, always get emails from listeners to this show saying, yeah, but you said that. That's just rubbish. <laughs> it's just, it's just not true. <laughs> so, that, that happened to me about one of the last episodes on the film photography podcast we do. So, yeah, it's but you learn. I mean, it, things happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, so. Okay, so the, 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 that's the, that's the uh, the film book. Is there any any plans for any more books in in, in your n near future? I have done a second book um, by myself. Oh, not wow, on okay. film. Not, not on film photography, but on the creative process of photography and all the deadly sins um, you do while working in photography. So it's actually called The Seven Deadly Sins of Photography. Now, that sounds awesome. Why didn't I know about that? Has it been translated to English? Nope. I think the publisher is a little bit scared of translating that into <laughs> English because, I mean, I I really pick on the on the Catholic sins, so the, the ah, right. traditional okay. seven deadly sins. And yep. I mean, envy, who never had envy when looking at pictures of other photographers or um, lust, whatever, and pride about all the good things you have in your photography bag and in, in your gear cupboard. And um, actually, if you think about the deadly sins and your creative process, you might find out that you actually are guilty of all of them. So oh. that's what I did. That's what I did. And I thought I might just take this idea and play along. That's and a actually great the publisher idea. loved that. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 there's got to, there, yeah. There's, um, there's got to be a way to get that in, in into, uh, uh, to, to, to spread that. I can understand why a publisher might be nervous about <laughs> it. <laughs> but yeah, it's, but it's, uh, yeah, the, it can be quite intense sometimes, you know, religious people, but, uh, it's, uh, it, but I, it's, it, it, it's still a good idea. It, it resonates with me because I was brought up a Catholic. So, you know, it, uh, mm -hmm. it, it, I, 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 uh, I'm not one anymore, but, uh, it's, uh, it does, uh, it, it, it 
strikes me mostly is quite amusing actually but there you go yeah so yeah same same with me <laughs> <laughs> so oh well you should so yeah definitely well i tell you what there's a if nothing else there's a whole series of podcasts on there isn't there so <laughs> Yeah, I started I started the Seven Deadly Sins as a podcast. I think I did the first three sins. And then the idea of the book came along and then I thought, okay, you might just stop it here or somebody else will grab the idea and uh, go for it. So now that the book is out, I think since September last year, I might finish that series. That sounds great. <laughs> that, that's great. What a f so this is this is something that you you mentioned earlier, which is that you know m many sort of uh, analog hobbies. So you've got you know uh, you know are you are you you're bridging gaps there or, or not bridging gaps, but but bridging between different things. There you've got you've got photography, but you've also got writing, which which mm -hmm. seems to be something that you something that uh, uh, you from the sound of it you do quite a lot of uh, yeah even beyond the couple of books there yeah, that you've just mentioned yeah it's, it's it's interesting because i think a lot of creative disciplines have a lot in common when i was at the university i also participated in a course on creative writing and a lot of the techniques that you use to develop a text or to bring thoughts out of your mind onto paper are the same techniques that also work in photography to create, generate ideas and to work on your pictures and even to play along with certain concepts. And um, I, I actually, I'm not quite sure, but I might even try to do a book on that, how, how techniques from creative writing translate into photography. I suppose in a way it's all storytelling, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I think writing also helps you to slowly think about things. So when I'm stuck with an idea, I usually sit down with my notebook mm -hmm. and my pen and I just write and think at the same speed. So writing, so I cannot know what I think about things until I haven't written them down, kind mm. of. So developing thoughts while writing. I think in, um, for, in the way of, of learning, you know, rather than just reading something, if you read it and also write it down because it's going through your brain and being transferred to actually writing it down yourself, sometimes that can help, mm -hmm. you know, help that information go in. I find that that's a much better way for me particularly to learn is um, rather than just reading it, if I then try and summarise it or put it back you know onto paper yeah. myself then it means that it's been distilled and in some way Absolutely. it's going in a little bit a little bit better yeah definitely and it works for me it works better if I do it with pen and paper mm -hmm. than if I do it on the on the yeah computer yeah typing it yeah. so the the movement of my hand kind of helps me remembering the stuff I wrote down that's that's interesting. I, I I work a lot with with whiteboards. This again is in my professional life rather than in photography, but I find it far easier to to work an idea or and to describe an idea to colleagues if I've got a pen in my hand and a whiteboard. Mm -hmm. But I'm I, I don't I don't often write a lot of. A, a, a lot of words in that sense it's more about drawing pictures and stuff like that but not that I'm an illustrator I can't draw to save my life but it's uh but, but <laughs> I couldn't to, either <laughs> yeah but in but to express to to express ideas though it can be yeah it can be a really powerful thing do you have a whiteboard in your house no whiteboard but flip charts flip charts okay mm -hmm. cool yep. excellent yeah I or if sometimes I even use um a big roll of paper wallpaper 
Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. 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 And that, and I have already, I have also done a workshop where people have visualized their ideas sitting down on the floor, taking the wallpaper and jotting down and putting pictures on that and building the big picture, so to say, but in an analog way. Yeah. That, that that's an amazing idea. I like. I yeah. That that because then you've got you've got plenty of space and no, no excuse for stopping if you've got a whole roll of wallpaper. <laughs> Absolutely, and the stuff is so cheap you can easily just throw it away and start start along. Yeah. Ah, there you go. See, load, loads of good ideas coming out here, Rach. That would probably work for some of your workshops, wouldn't it? Yes, it's um, something that I'm really uh, keen on doing, just sort of giving space to have that opportunity, because that's often something that we don't, you know, we think, oh, we have to write neatly or we have to only, you know, use this amount of paper. And it's like, well, actually, if you let yourself go with it a little bit more and go revert back a little bit to childhood state, it gives you um, more chance to play and explore things. And and eventually, like those ideas will come from it. Um, mm-hmm. There's something that, um, that I have done in the past um through a uh, sort of like creative workshop which was called morning pages and that was about writing Aww. three pages a day i don't know yep. if that's something you do monica yeah absolutely um, i do that <laughs> and it's it's literally just you just write it's literally your thoughts as the, as you're thinking them you're just writing them you're not trying to make sentences that make sense you're not trying to create a story or do anything it's literally just kind of almost skimming off the top um, if you like, um, and getting those words down on paper, and it will just it helps you to start the day a little bit fresher and um, in a little bit more of a, a clearer state, mm-hmm. um, because you can get everything else that's sort of um, going around in your in your brain uh, out onto paper, and then you just sort of leave it. You know, each day do three pages and then leave it. You know, for at least sort of six months, I think they say, before you look yeah. back at it. If you look back at it at all, some people just burn it afterwards. But it's often quite a nice way of getting down to the deeper stuff underneath and figuring out actually what it is that's bothering you. Or you can find out over the course of a few days or a few weeks or a few months even, there's sometimes recurring themes. Um, and it's actually how I ended up. Um, coming to setting up my business because I got to the point where I was feeling so frustrated about I could feel all these ideas were sort of floating around me but hadn't worked out how to quite um, focus that down into one thing so I just literally took a day and just wrote and wrote and wrote um, mm-hmm. and eventually those ideas started to form a little bit more of a plan um, so it did really help uh, it clearly sounds like it's something you've you've come across and that you use a lot as well Monica I do I do actually Julia Cameron that's right the yeah. artist way yeah that ha- the morning pages helped me a lot developing ideas um, mm. when I wrote my second book but because sometimes you, you get stuck somehow and there is still that first chapter you have to write or that, that idea that you should kind of yeah put down on paper to, to make the point. And it goes around in my head as long as uh, yeah sooner or later I sit down and I write my three pages or sometimes there are six pages and sooner or later the chapter forms and mm-hmm. I could, could easily go back and just type it, type what I wrote. So the first, the first page is total rubbish from the mm-hmm. first word to the last and then it starts to form somehow and mm. then actually the text is ready after that more or less mm. and without the the morning pages sometimes I even did the second round in the evening just to kind of help me mm-hmm. work on my ideas and that is actually something that helped so much. 
Mine always ended up being evening pages <laughs> because I was never, you know, in the morning it was like, God, get out, get out. everything. Uh. Um, so it ended up being quite often that it would be, you know, 11 o'clock at night. Oh, I finally got a minute to sit down and, and do this. But um, it does seem to work better in the morning, really, because you, yeah. you're kind of um, almost emptying your hard drive, you know, from the night yeah. before uh, of your brain um, and giving yourself actually a bit more space to uh, to be a bit more open to other ideas and creative ideas and, and sort of looking for more inspiration and things but um it's a really simple and so easy all you need is literally you know a, a scrap piece of you know a scrap notebook and a pen and you, anybody can do it and uh, it can be really helpful so it's worth a try i think definitely absolutely absolutely and don't buy yourself a super pretty notebook nope. because then nope. you are afraid to write into yeah. it just grab something cheap and go yeah. ahead yeah and don't think about grammar or no, spelling no. or whatever Yeah, I think that's the key, isn't it? It's just, it, it's not about thinking about it in sentences. It's literally, what are you thinking? Oh, this is a load of rubbish. I don't know what I'm doing, blah, 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 blah. And you literally write that down as you're mm -hmm. thinking it. And eventually you'll find that you start to come to some really interesting pieces of insight and information that you've not necessarily consciously thought about. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's an awesome, I'm, I'm that's an awesome method. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I've never heard of any of that, actually. Mm. There you go, Aid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, try. There is a good book on that topic. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yes, I, it, it's just not something. Yeah, it's not something I'd ever heard of. It sounds like a really interesting concept. So, yeah, I will. Hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know how quite to uh, how how food I quite make use of that. For, it is food. For for, it is food for thought, yeah. isn't it? Be, uh, yeah. Norm normally, the the stuff that goes around in my brain is a little bit on the dull side, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, that is, that, that's totally normal. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of dull stuff, especially in the morning, but also before I go to bed, I don't care. Yeah, you see, so I'm 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 better. So in the mornings, I'm better when I've had some coffee. So if I tried to do it first thing in the morning, my brain just wouldn't work at all. Um, <laughs> I am a hopeless caffeine addict. Um, yeah, me too. And uh, so so that just. But in the evening, I do. I I could see myself doing it, doing that sort of thing in the evening, possibly. <laughs> Um, if yeah. there weren't so many other things I had to do in the evenings. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Although you know, some of them, it, of course, like recording this show are absolute joy. <laughs> well, good. That's so nice to hear. <laughs> I'm so pleased to know that. And it, it's just about, you know, um, taking those moments when you think, oh, I haven't got the time to do it or what have you. But I don't know if uh, you ever sit down in front of the TV and things. And sometimes you just want to do that and you just want to relax or what have you. But um, that could be, you know, 20 minutes when you know you're waiting for the oven to heat up and the chips to cook or whatever you know you could do that at that point if that's when it works for you mm. um so there are ways of sort of fitting it in it's just um um yeah it's just about a slightly different mindset to go oh okay that 20 minutes or that half an hour maybe i can use it for that instead and just see where, where it takes you really um as uh, monica mentioned it's um it's actually a book called the artist way um by julia cameron so if anybody wants to look it up And we'd suggest that's a good thing, good place to start. Okay, yay! So this is well. Well, uh, I hope our listeners are enjoying show ninety-seven of the of the weekly book club podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, but I'm gonna, inspiration I'm gonna, from everywhere, right? Well, that, well, that, I think that, that that's what's happening, isn't it? It's, you know, so, so I think I am going to try and drag us kicking and screaming back to the topic of photography, though, <laughs> if that's <laughs> if that's okay. Uh, because Monica, I understand you spent this weekend uh, at a film photography workshop, or was it mm -hmm. more great to say teaching a film photography workshop? I was the co-host, so doing some teaching and also 
play it played along with my with my own film and my own um, experience I wanted to uh, my own experiments I wanted to do and the workshop was called film extreme and we tried to to check out how far you can go when doing film photography so we did a little of a lot of push and pull in black and white uh, film and we also used uh, expired film we did cross processing so all of the weird stuff that normally um, if you behave in photography, you do not do. So <laughs> that, was a, that was a lot of fun. And also it was in Berlin and in a certain area of Berlin where there is an old um, aerodynamic park where, all, where there's a, the, uh, what is the English word? Flume? A hang, uh, yeah, a witch, th sorry. There is a flume, something where they tested um, aircraft. Oh, right, yeah. In, oh, in, uh, the, um, in the 30s. A wind tunnel? Yeah, wind yes. tunnel, exactly. Yeah. And it's uh, it's very interesting architecture. It's now sure. it's not being used any longer, but the architecture is special. So especially if you do, for example, cross-processing, very old expired slide film, mm -hmm. all the all the weird colors really play along when when you try to to capture the the architecture there. And uh, that was that was a lot of fun. And yeah, yeah we tried everything that's normally forbidden in photography. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's so so uh yeah that that sounds really interesting actually did you were you doing you know sort of developing and and printing and things on site in in the workshop yeah no printing but developing actually we did that workshop in a photography lab mm -hmm. and the guy um running that lab he still has um an area where he can develop color films so negative color negative and slide films so we had a, a good option to to get it developed right in situ so to say yeah. right there and the black and white development we did ourselves so we brought um all the the things you need chemicals whatever and taught the group how to put the put the film into the into the tank and use the dark the the, the bag to to get it all into the tank and then how to develop the recipes to do a proper push and pull processing and uh, we actually we pushed some of the films into areas where you would normally never use them, and that was that was quite interesting. What what happens with the contrasts and um, what it does to the to the scenes you capture, and that was that was quite a lot of fun. So normally people think, oh, you cannot do that, or it will never work out. But almost all the time it works out, and you you just learn a lot from how you mistreat film. It 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 fills your creative toolbox so to say yeah it gives you a sense of the limitations uh, as well doesn't it and and um it gives you a chance to you know if you know the rules you can break them and and mm -hmm. that's kind of the way to to do it to experiment and keep on trying and seeing what you can do with it because you never know where you might find that next thing that makes you go oh yes that mm -hmm, exactly. that's what i need to do <laughs> yeah yeah and i especially i love expired films mm. especially ex uh, expired slide films some turn magenta if you develop the cross develop them some turn green some of the the old films are, have only blue left in their color spectrum and that is if if you learn to embrace what might happen mm -hmm. it's a lot of it's a lot of fun and it really brings you forward in the in your creative mindset so embrace the, the embrace the, uh, the the unexpected, so to say. Yes, absolutely. And um, I was reading the little bit in your book that uh, where you were talking about obviously the older, also chromatic um, films, mm -hmm. and obviously the fact that they they 
um, see light in a different way mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, as well. And so the things you can do with that or not do with that as well, it's uh, it's uh, interesting to see where, where you can go with it. Yeah, orthochromatic film, I love that. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it's going away more and more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a lot of lot of the f- film company, uh, the, the the companies that develop those films, they take them out of the market. So yeah. there are not a lot of auto- orthochromatic films left to buy. That's that's a pity, actually. They don't see red light in the same way, do they? So um, they uh, just don't see any red yeah. light. Yeah, exactly. yeah, red light is is, is black. Then uh, red areas are black on on the picture. Yeah. So that tends to be pre 1950s. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Because um, I ended up um, buying an, um, it was kind of like a, an old X-ray tank kind of thing, you mm-hmm. know. Obviously, they, which they would have used for the X-rays, um, but I hadn't really considered this at the time. This is many years ago when I um, um, was over in uh, New York, and I was like, right, well, um, I can't afford to get it shipped to the UK. So whilst I'm over there, I'll get it delivered to the hotel room, <laughs> and then this huge tank turned up. <laughs> And I was like, oh, God, how am I going to get this back to the UK? So it literally was the size of the suitcase. <laughs> so I had to pack, like, everything else into it. And I thought, I'll use it definitely at some point. Um, uh, and it's sat on the shelf since. Um, I did take it outside one, on one occasion. And I thought, right, well, let's have a go and I'll see if I, uh, you know, use it for um, processing some paper and eggs or whatever. So you could actually sort of see through the top mm-hmm. um, because it, obviously that would be how you do it. It had all the little um, tubs inside where you could, um, you know, use your developer, you stop your fix, etc. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, this would be great because then obviously you can do this but in daylight. Um, no, <laughs> because it is totally the wrong uh, colour of filter in, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, in the top. Uh, but now I know, right? And that's what it's all about. <laughs> So um, my next uh, my next way of um, addressing that is going to be getting some uh, red gels that I know work and coating it with that instead, and then I might actually be able to use it. And then you I can thinking. then you can try the this. Uh, have you ever tried to use washi film? Uh, no, I have not, and it looks beautiful and definitely yeah. the sort of thing I'd I'd love to have a go with. Is it something you use quite a lot, Monica? Not yet. I have just ordered a package of. Um, of um, sheet film, washi yeah. sheet film to use Amazing. in my large format camera. And actually right now I have no proper dark room set up. So mm. the, the space that will become our dark room sometime is still not dark enough. Mm-hmm. So I have to, I have to um, develop that washi film in, in the tank. But yeah. normally you are supposed to develop it while being in red light. And so yeah. you can watch it, Try develop watch it. the picture yeah. appear. Yeah. Yeah. So I will have to figure out how to develop that in a tank somehow because <laughs> I think tomorrow or the day after tomorrow the sheet film will arrive and I will have to try it out somehow. That's exciting. So what mm-hmm. kind of um, you said that's for your large format camera, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what kind uh, are we talking five by four or five by four? Yes. Yeah. Um, and what kind of camera kit would you be using um, that in? I have two large format cameras. Mm-hmm. No, I have three. <laughs> um, and uh, my most my most favorite is my Chamonix. That is a Chinese uh, field camera uh-huh. that you can easily pack because it's only I think it weighs about one kilo. So wow. half, yeah, half, <laughs> two, two pounds is it right? Yeah, yeah, yeah two, two pounds, two pounds yeah. is just under one kilo. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And it's it's fairly light. You can can easily put it into your backpack and walk with it so that is my most favorite um, large format camera and what I also love I don't know if Chris Chris has ever talked about that is um, the large format pinhole he once did Mm 
mm-hmm. the Marquardt International Pinhole. <laughs> so it's uh, a four yes, by five I, pinhole I have camera. Heard, I, I do know the name, the Marquardt International Pinhole, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that is, I, I love to use that. I once did a series of photos in, a, in an old um, uh, plant, a tire plant. Mm-hmm. And so all the stuff was yeah, derelict and, and um, really not nice any longer, but it really, it, it went so well to, to really visualize that using a pinhole camera because it, mm-hmm. it, it was kind of the nice, nice combination between an unsharp picture and a lot of movement because there was, was also wind in that building mm-hmm. coming through the windows and so things are, were tumbling through the through the um, rooms there and um the yeah the deprecated look together with a pinhole that was actually that was nice that sounds and, right up my street that's yeah. <laughs> lovely <laughs> yeah so that is one of my setups i i used to use when i when i do um architecture um yeah, buildings and stuff. So yeah. sorry. No, no, it's it's, so so we have we haven't really talked about the sort of photography that you like to do. Um, you know, because uh, I, I know that you do some travel as well, don't you? So mm-hmm. yeah, is is travel photography one of your things as well? Absolutely, travel photography is is one of the things, especially when it comes to people, because that totally drives me out of my comfort zone. Um, doing portraits is something. Mm-hmm. What whenever I do it, I love the outcome mm-hmm. but it it really takes me all it takes all of my courage to to address people to to talk to them and to ask them if it's okay if i take their picture mm-hmm. um, and especially if you if you travel to a country where people are a lot poorer than you mm-hmm. are so the country is not rich and healthy um wealthy at all it's really really hard to to bridge that distance that is that is there in terms of privilege and I mean, when I when I travel to Ethiopia, the the money it costs me to get there is something people will will probably never earn in their entire life. So there is definitely a gap in privilege, and then to to really to talk to people and to to make it happen that there is a picture that that is yeah. It's tough. That doesn't I, hurt. I find, yeah, yeah, it doesn't hurt people, so to say. Yeah. Yeah, I find I find it very hard. Even yeah, even without that gap in privilege, I find it yeah hard to to take people's portraits sometimes. So mm-hmm. uh, I yeah I I I can you know relate to that a, a little. I'm I'm not sure I've been anywhere in the world where the gap is so ex, extreme uh, as it is mm-hmm. as it would be in Ethiopia. But I can I, I've been yeah sort of part of that gap and I, I can say yeah I can definitely understand the the way you feel how I mean uh, uh, were you able to get around that is there is there a is a way that you were, were able to approach it that you were comfortable with not really I mean I I got my shots and I got really some really nice portraits but it's it was a I had to struggle and to fight for each for each and every picture. So I've never felt comfortable, but maybe that's the price I have to pay because maybe people also do not feel comfortable in front of my lens. And I always I always try to use a lens that minimizes the distance so that not like a paparazzo, I shoot from far away, but I really have to approach people. I have to also make myself uncomfortable with that so that they mm-hmm. have a chance to say no. Because yeah. if I really, if I really go near 
they have they have the chance they can say stop it it's it's too it's too close mm. so go away and i think that is important we were talking to Anil about this literally last week uh, when when he was on the show um and uh having a a really really sort of fascinating conversation with him about how you know for Graham and myself uh, how to get over our fears of just portraiture um and generally shooting um people's portraits and as you say in the street um just that is out of my comfort zone as it is um and then throwing into the mix something like as you say being in a, in a in a country or in a in a culture that is completely different and is is not necessarily something i've ever been involved in at all um or or been to see myself so um that would be really way out of uh, comfort zone. Um, but Anna was also saying, you know, the basic principles of it are, you know, actually being there, interacting with the person, having a conversation and um, giving them the opportunity to say no. And, yeah. you know, uh, making sure that that is obviously the case and just treating it um, in in a very sort of like human interaction rather than, you know, feeling like, you know everything's very different from you behind the lens to the person in front of the lens i suppose yeah, yeah. Mm. As it's about respect and yeah pe- not treating people as an object exactly yeah yes it's yeah it's it's i i can totally relate to that as a as a struggle and i'm not sure if i'm ever gonna get over it but <laughs> i do try and push myself so uh, i did a i did a project last year which at the, be- at the beginning of last year to try mm-hmm. and push myself and i had some limited success in that um uh, but uh, yeah it certainly uh, well, it helped me get a, a little bit more comfortable but i guess you learned from it though eh? didn't you exactly oh, you oh know. yeah yeah I le- yes I, I did learn from it and it's uh yeah and I, so i i will continue to to push myself but uh hey yeah we all have we all have our our, our challenges there it's a it's, it's a tricky one it's a tricky one so uh okay well let's um let's move on a, a little bit because i i i have a uh, a, a little story that I've been wanting to ask you about for a while, Monica, because um, <laughs> I, I had the, uh, the the fortune to to travel to Bhutan with Chris last year. And there was this one time where our little bus that we all traveled around the country in, it stopped at a, a craft center. And then there was this this frantic uh, you know, conversation. Well, not frantic, but uh, it, took, it took a while to sort out where Chris was asking the owners of this place and, and then disappeared into some backstore rooms and stuff like that. And eventually he came back out with a huge smile and an enormous bag of yak hair. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I've so, not heard this story. So, so where, where, where everybody else on the tour was were, were, was amazingly happy to go and buy their loved ones a fully made uh, baby yak hair scarf. And my wife loves her scarf that I bought her when I was in Bhutan. Um, you know, Chris only bought you part of the present. <laughs> <laughs> no, he actually brought my word to me somehow. So... Yeah, the, the, there is no secret behind that. I'm, I'm. I said already in the beginning, I'm a fiber nerd. I love working with, yeah, hair and wool, and I also spin my own yarn. And if you do that, you you first start that because of the process, because it's so relaxing to sit down at the spinning wheel and see the fiber running through your hands and turning and becoming a string of some sorts. But if you do it for a longer time, you first, firstly, you acquire a lot of lot more spinning wheels. So I have now 
four. Is it right or is it five? No, four. it's four. Four spinning wow. wheels. The, <laughs> the fifth is waiting for me in the US and I will um, bring it home in October. Of course, you like me with my bloody developing tank that I bought in the US. <laughs> yes, yeah, see? I, I actually weird things, don't you? I have no idea how I will bring that uh, that wheel back because it's a, a massive, big Saxony wheel. Oh my god! And it's you, you probably cannot even dismantle it, so I have to kind of bring it over in one piece. Um, oh. But wow. uh, fortunately, fortunately, Chris comes with me, and there's also John, our friend, waiting there. And I, I hope he will have some idea how to bring it over. <laughs> they can, ca- they can carry it. it for you. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But but apart from acquiring more and more wheels, you start to, um, yeah, start to deeper dive into all the kinds of fiber you could work with first in the beginning wool is coming from sheep that's it but then you then you see that there is more than one breed of sheep and they are all different and all the 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 wool is different some are some of the fibers are long some are shorter some are soft some are more durable and you learn how to work with those qualities and develop your own yarn from all the different qualities and then you start to mix putting silk into the mixture or using yak for example if you have yak down this is one of the softest fibers you can get and so you you yeah experience that there is a a universe of different fiber you can use to make yarns and this is something i once fell into the rabbit hole of fiber craft <laughs> and I haven't found my way out yet. So. It sounds like you're having fun, though. Yeah, absolutely. And I also met the most amazing community. I mean, the photographers are an amazing community. And the fiber people are different, but also super nice and and supporting. And I have actually fiber friends over the over the world. I have fiber friends in the US. I have fiber friends in Canada. So also people in Nepal or you meet you you kind of detect who is a fiber person if you meet them a fiber fiend yeah kind <laughs> of <laughs> so, so, so it's, it's interesting because it, 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 yeah, because it's uh it, it with the story you've just told there you know could, could if you st- if you swapped the word fiber for camera or actually the spinning yeah. wheels would be the cameras wouldn't it <laughs> And you know, it's it, yeah, so so it's uh, did, did those two worlds of yours ever cross? Do they ever combine? I mean, for my I have a fiber podcast, and whenever I need good pictures for the social media, there's also a social media community or a social media platform dedicated to fiber, something like a fiber Facebook, so to say. Oh, right, okay, it's called, it's called Reverie, and it's uh, built by two. Or invented has been invented by two Americans, and there's the most amazing database behind that, and forums and discussions and whatever. So that is the place to meet. And whenever you put your projects on a platform like that, if I need pictures for my podcast, of course I make use of my photography. So I do product photography in the end to really show off 
the the most amazing yarn I just made. <laughs> Do you know, um, there's also a bit of a crossover with um, in terms of the STEM side of things, because uh, with a lot of the workshops and, and projects and things that I do, um, Monica, it's often talking about the the cool like science side of analog photography and things and I come across quite a few people who work with things like e-textiles and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing as well so yeah. there is definitely a crossover you know with uh, your textile uh, heads and uh, also with your photography analog photography uh, nerds and all in a room together you'd be in heaven wouldn't you <laughs> absolutely absolutely and I also have a lot of people listening listening to both of my podcasts so there is a quite an overlap in the community mm. So I have fiber people being also photographers and the other way around. So nerds do mix well, kind of. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. yes. And you've got your fiber paper, you know, for the dark room. This is where I went with it. For yeah. The, at the first point, I was like, well, there you go. Uh, the barit paper, the smell mm-hmm. of the fiber paper and the special shine it has. I'm looking forward to working with that again. But right now I do not have a dark room. We have uh, div- we have um, enlargers, several. <laughs> so there are also like spinning wheels. Spinning <laughs> wheels <laughs> tend to tend to tend to to be be part of a flock. The same yes. is true for cameras, <laughs> and it's also true for enlargers. So we have one four by five enlarger, one medium format, and I think two for the small format. So four enlargers waiting for the dark room to happen. Kind that of. needs. That's going to be a big dark room, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be a warehouse. I think, a dark it warehouse. Is, it is. It's, it's. It's actually. It is a former kitchen. We we happened to find that house that we rented, and um, I told Chris, "Have you recognized there is a second kitchen on the first floor?" And he said, "What?" I said, "Yes, that's the dark room." <laughs> <laughs> and that was the moment where we knew we have to get that house somehow. And yeah, it it worked out. So our dream became true. But now we don't have enough time to set up the dark room. So so <laughs> this is so this is this is good insight because is this the the house that Chris refers to on his podcast as the viewfinder villa? Exactly, exactly. Yes. Yeah. See, it's, it sounds more like a, a a viewfinder palace right now to me. But it's like... <laughs> it is it is actually quite big because I mean, two people we have. I think the entire house has 300 square meters. Okay, that's a big house, yeah. That's okay. a big house. And so we have, um, I have the my creative space uh, on the first floor. And then there's also the, to be, the dark room to be there. What right now is, is the lab, but also the place where I wash fiber. So I do <laughs> photography stuff in there as well as fiber stuff. And our living room is also workshop room. The same is true for my room. So we we mix it. It's it's the place we where we can get creative and we can work with the communities. That That's sounds, awesome. that that does sound really awesome as well. Uh, yeah, so you've got photography, you've got fiber and textiles and spinning wheels and enlargers, and you can record podcasts there. And mm-hmm. wow. Yep. Okay. All right. I th- I think I think we're going to have to stop there for a minute and have a quick I think we're break. Done, aren't we, while, while, while I while I process all of that and and uh, you know I uh, having to share a house much smaller than that with three other people, <laughs> all of whom are very very messy indeed. <laughs> oh, messy we are. I mean. <laughs> 
Okay, well, I tell you what, this is Monica. It has been fantastic to to talk to you. Um, is is there anywhere you would particularly like uh, our listeners to go? We have some German listeners who can listen to your German podcasts. Uh, we can of course, we of course will include a, a, a link to uh, the film photography handbook in the show notes. But is there any place you would particularly like our listeners to to go to follow your work or see what you're up to? Oh, difficult. So for the German listeners, I think. The Absolute Analog podcast, um, it's absoluteanalog.de, and then slash podcast. And of course, my other podcast that is hibernating right now, but more to come, it's monismotivklingel.de. And I think it's difficult to spell. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you if you if you put it down in writing, uh, then, do. then we'll put I it do. we'll put it down in the in the show notes. Excellent. Yeah. Is there is there anywhere on on Instagram or any of social media where where people with other languages can get to follow your work? I mean, you could try to follow me on Twitter. It's most of the time it's German, but I also uh, I do some English tweets every now and then, and um, that is uh, Twitter dot com slash. That's also difficult to spell. N a h l i n s e. It's na linse. So the close-up lens, but the German word for that. Ah, is that what that is? Ah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I knew that was your Twitter handle. I didn't know what it meant. <laughs> yeah. And the, the Instagram is, is, is the fiber-related um, Instagram account. So I think we leave that out. But Okay. Fair, yeah. fair enough. Well, I to tell you what. So we're, we're going to have a quick break. I hope you can stay with us for the rest of the show. Um, and uh, we'll be back shortly. And we're back from that break, which, as always, is a lot longer for us than it is to you guys, because we just keep talking and talking and talking. But that's all good. That is all good. Uh, and uh, sometimes when Graham is allowed to do the idea. Oh, I forget. Yes. Brave Sir Graham, who's run away this week. Um, uh, when he's allowed to do the edit, he puts all of the little nasty bits in that we all say about, uh, in between the takes. But we're not going to do that this week because uh, we don't want to uh, to make ourselves look foolish, do we, Rach? <laughs> We'll, we'll try not to. <laughs> no, no more so than we do through the rest of the show anyway, which, of course, yep. brings us to, to our, our weekly news section. What have you been up to this week? Um, so this week I went to see a play, which I've not done for ages. That was a lot of fun. It was uh, the play that goes wrong, um, which is the title of the play. And it was hilarious. It was a- absolutely brilliant. Um, and um, I would recommend if anybody's around um, and knows that it's coming to, to them, that they should go and see it. Very much a lot of fun. I also had a night of music, went round to some friends and did a bit of jamming with them. I recorded a Christmas song. A Christmas song. That sounds good. Yeah. That was loads of fun. Um, it was a Christmas song. It's about a hitman. Um, uh, and hang on. Was... Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> Say that again, slowly. Okay, it's a Christmas song about a hitman. Okay. Um, (laughs) It was written by uh, by Simon, who's a singer from Roja. And he basically rang me up and said, Rachel, will you come and do a little bit of uh, sessional stuff for me on a Christmas song? I'm I'm recording a Christmas song. I was like, yeah, that'd be great. And then when I got there, after I'd... Um, played the uh, the tracks for him. He was like, "Oh, just so you know, it's about a hitman." <laughs> so um, we've got that to look forward to. Maybe that'll be it a bit. Doesn't seasonal. kill Santa, does he? I'm not sure yet. We'll have to find out. <laughs> Wait a sec. Um, that could be not. the worst Christmas song ever. 
I think it'd be quite fun. Uh, so yeah, so who knows? Uh, something to look forward to for, for the Christmas season. Um, and I got to do a little bit of sessional sample, sampling stuff for a composer in Germany, actually, funnily enough, um, who'd got in touch. So it's been quite a musical and otherwise sort of cultured week for me. That sounds, yeah, uh, that sounds interesting. But you did share some pictures earlier on in the week of you channeling your inner Graham and destroying a camera. What did I do this week? Oh, yes, my Hassie. Yes, so my uh, Hassle. I was like, God, which one have I blown up this week? Is that, we have, you, have, you, have you killed more than one camera this week? Well, we were talking last week um, on the show, if you'd listened to it, um, about... I listened uh, to as much of it as I had time for. It was really long. They were monster shows, the, the two that you've not been on. Yes. <laughs> um, we've talked quite a lot. Anyway, so I'll try and whiz through this as quick as I can. I promise I'm going for it. Um, so... I had two cameras that inadvertently both blew up, um, like literally set on fire, um, which apparently isn't something that is like a normal thing that happens. So in the last <laughs> two months, I've had two literally set on fire in my hands. I've had to throw out the back door. Um, but anyway, we won't go into that now. Um, so this week, it was um, it was actually on purpose that I decided I was going to do a little bit of open heart surgery on my Hasselblad back. Not on the actual Hassi itself, but on the on the film back because it won't fire uh, with the back on. Basically, um, I thought it might have been the light seals that had shifted, you know, in transport when I when I bought it and what have you. So opened it up, had a little look, little look at those. They were all fine, um, so no problems with that. But basically, um, it's been it's again it's been a learning curve for me because it's been the case <laughs> of right, how am I actually going to take this whole whole thing apart i've never done this before um but you get so far in and then you go well i've just got to go for it now <laughs> so uh so yes yeah, so that's been um been fun and then i ran out of oil um sewing machine oil is apparently the best one to uh, to use for that so um today i spent uh, wandering around the shops trying to find some sewing machine oil and in the end i ended up going into a um a clothes alteration um shop I said, have you got some sewing machine oil? And the chap went out the back and came back with a bottle, like just in a water bottle, and was like, just don't drink it. <laughs> Sent me home with that. <laughs> so I now have some oil, and hopefully over the next week or so, I'll be um, uh, having a go at finishing off the surgery, and we'll see how things go. Um, but it's been great, actually. I've really enjoyed doing it. Even if I break it, I figured, well, for what it was going to cost to get it repaired, anyway it would be the same cost to um to basically buy a new back as it was so i might as well try and learn something new again out of my comfort zone let's just give it a go and see see how i get on so i'm going to try it and see how i do Fair enough. um so i'm just taking lots of um, reference photos as i go um so i know where all the bits hopefully go back um afterwards and uh, and we'll see it might just need a bit of a clean to be honest so yes yeah, so i did that so it's still currently in pieces but i'm going to give it a go and then at the weekend i um whilst monica was obviously doing her workshop um i was out doing a photo shoot with the theme enchanted garden so that was um, a lot of fun i really enjoyed that again it was um uh, it, it was a lot of sort of portraiture rather than street por por portraiture. It was um, with a with a model. Um, so, uh, I, I mean, usually I'm very much, you know, I use um, real people, you know, real life weddings, that kind of thing. So this was different for me, again, uh, a bit out of my comfort zone, um, but really good to do, I think. And it's always about sort of pushing yourself to try something new. Um, so I really enjoyed that. 
I used my OM30 and my um, roller cord, and I actually shot my first roll of the P30 uh, film for Arnia. Um, oh, so nice. I've got the next back today. So exciting stuff. Um, oh, that sounds interesting. So are you doing that for your for your own benefit, as it were, or is that a commercial shoot? Um, it wasn't a commercial shoot, but it was so that I have that for my portfolio. Ah, so right, okay. towards, towards obviously um, showing what else I can do and trying, like I say, trying some new things out, um, see how I get on with it, really. So, yeah, got the negatives back. I'm really pleased uh, with how they look just as, as the negs. I haven't actually scanned them in or done anything with them. I literally got them back about um, at about five o'clock today. So uh, haven't haven't really looked at them. But, uh, yeah. That should be fun. And I also, whilst I was out um, getting my sewing machine oil, managed to rescue two new cameras from the charity shop. Um, <laughs> so I'll just t- talk you through this very quickly. I've got a Canon SureShot 130U and a Canon SureShot um, 60 Zoom SAF. Ooh. So they were three pound each. So I thought I can't. I couldn't leave them there looking sad. I thought I'll pick them up. So are these nineties era point and shoots? Then are they? That's right, they are from exactly the, from the dawn of the short shot cameras. Indeed, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, they're a little bit. Uh, they're a little bit later than my um, my other one, the my cheap shots challenge camera, because that is also a Canon short shot, but that one's more of a uh, sort of late late eighties. I was going to say early nineties, probably. Oh. These ones are a little bit after that um and um i've got a 38 to 60 mil uh, zoom on the 60 unsurprisingly and a 38 to 130 unsurprisingly on the 130u um so uh yeah i'll give them a go and see um got a, a little nice little lens by the looks of things in them never know what i might get fair enough fair Ooh. enough sounds good okay you've had a busy 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 time then so I suppose I should have some news for being away in Italy for two weeks. I think I? so. This is what we want to hear about, all your adventures in Italy so, and all the analogue cameras that you took with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> so I, I have listened to enough uh, of yours and Graham's ramblings whilst I've been away to understand it was that, only Graham. that Graham, oh, it was only Graham that was, was insulting me in my absence. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. So, uh, yes, he is absolutely right. Actually, I have been on holiday and I did not take a film camera um, because I was focusing on video because this was a family holiday. I have I have a good set of film photographs, actually, analogue photographs from when I went to Venice last year. And we went there again this year as part of the trip. Uh, and so I focused on video. But I'll tell you what I am looking forward mm-hmm. to. And actually, this is going to take us to our first... First listener email of the week, actually, because uh, it's a good segue here, because uh, as I think I mentioned on the last time I was on the show, I have recently got a new Instax camera, except it's not called an Instax camera. It shoots Instax. It is the Lomography Square Instant. Is that the right yes. name for it? Yes, that's right. I've got the blue and sort of like cream brown version. And um, I think you got yours just after the Kickstarter, didn't you, um, Aid? uh when it actually launched possibly oh yeah yes yeah. so this 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 actually was a present so i didn't buy it i didn't oh, buy it myself so this wow, was a this is nice. a present so i'm very happy with that okay. um and uh, yeah mine is a a plain white one which is going to make though. me yeah it's going to make me look awesome in 80s when i get out <laughs> shooting with it it's quite blocky isn't it which is uh, it does look very 80s anyway i think so um, yes i yeah, might put some be... night rider stickers on it or something like that <laughs> 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 like, picture of david hasselhoff will set it off just nicely Excellent. <laughs> I, I i was shooting with mine at the weekend actually and i was that was the first time really i'd taken anything with it i really liked it how did you get on with yours aid 
Well, I uh, I've been practicing and mm-hmm. it's coming along nicely. But I am actually going on a a photo walk on uh, on Saturday. This coming uh, mm. so yes, in ooh, two days after this uh, this uh, show comes out. Uh, so uh, which uh, I, I, well, this t- takes me to to the first thing. So shout out to uh, Martin and Sandeep who on Saturday, so that'll be Saturday the twenty first of April, twenty eighteen, are hosting a photo walk in London. Um, I first met Sandeep and Martin in person on this particular uh, photo walk they organised last year. So um, links in the show notes uh, to Martin's new website, photowalk.me, where this is all being organised. And if anybody's out there, and there's a good 10 people, I think, registered for it, at least um, I shall be out there taking photos with my new Instax camera at the weekend, um, which I am very much looking forward to. Um, and, And as luck would have it, as luck would have it, um, it's very timely as well. Uh, we've had an email from Hilary Clark. Hi, Hilary. And she says, hi, sunbeams. Just to let you know that it's that time of year again and spring Polaroid week 2018 is just around the corner. So unbeknownst to me, I've planned to go out and shoot instant film and it's actually Polaroid week. How cool, how cool is that? <laughs> In general, it covers all kinds of instant, doesn't it? When it says Polaroid Week, they mean all instant. So you're, you're well within the um, the parameters there. Right? So that's good. Uh, absolutely. So there is. Um, uh, so th- this is something that, that well, actually, Hillary has been good enough to send us some detailed guidelines. So I shall try and um, report these factually correctly. Um, so uh, Polaroid Week, sometimes known as Roid Week, was started in 2006. So I guess that was before Polaroid went bust, wasn't it? So you could probably buy fresh, real Polaroid film in those days. Gosh, there's remember a, the days. There's, there's a thought. <laughs> 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 Clearly they didn't start it at the peak of Polaroid. <laughs> but, there you go. but imagine that. Imagine being able to go to the shop and buy fresh Polaroid film. A bit like you can again now, although Polaroid originals or, or rather than... Uh, the the rather than the original Polaroid, if that makes sense. <laughs> uh, so it says it actually. Hillary says, please note, we are not affiliated with the Polaroid Company, the Impossible Project, or Polaroid Originals, other than uh, the fact that they shoot their film. So uh, this is actually all based around Flickr. So um, the uh, the guidelines. Uh, there's a Flickr group. Uh, the Flickr group is called. Ooh, uh, it's called Roid Week 2018. On, 50, uh, on Flickr, and there's also uh, an Instagram at, at Polaroid Week, and so uh, and you can ha- use the hashtags Polaroid Week or Roid Week uh, to join in the fun. But uh, what you are supposed to do, if you'd like to enter, because I think there is there is a a uh, well, I don't know that it's a, a competitive element but it's to challenge yourselves so to uh, uh, so you can f- post to the Flickr group uh, only photos please that you've not posted on Flickr before uh, you can post two photos a day uh, it's for six days Sunday through to Friday oh so I'm just missing it by one day but maybe uh, maybe they'll let me off that um, and it's, uh, they do say as although we call it Polaroid week any instant film is fine um, and uh, you can scan or digitize um, the uh photograph uh, uh but they do ask can you please keep in the uh the border uh 
Oh no, it's please crop out everything but the instant photo, please. Yes, so you keep the border of it, but don't have any sort of background like the table you've got it on or anything like that. I am sure that anybody wanting to post these can go to Flickr and look at the group Royd Week 2018 and find all these ro ro uh, rules and uh, it, um, for themselves. But thank you, Hillary, for bringing that to our attention. And I am very happy that I'm going to spend all of Saturday walking around London and particularly around Camden. And for people that know Camden, there is a very photogenic street market there. I say street market it's enormous and it's there all the time uh, so but I shall uh, it's, it's one of my favorite areas of London to take photographs so I am looking forward to that <sighs> did I say all that in one breath you did actually I realized that um, Hillary put at the bottom of her email rules are pretty much the same as always but if you really want the small print here goes maybe you can read the boring bits that follow really fast like the terms and conditions on radio adverts <laughs> is that what I so I've just done that just I must did. have picked yes. that up subliminally you then so must. yeah all oh, right I see well there, there we go then so uh, Monica um uh, do you get the chance to shoot much instant film not so much as I would like to. I'm still waiting for that Kickstarter project uh, for that camera, the Jolly Look. Have you backed that? Oh. <laughs> I have. I have. Graham has as well. I don't know if Aid. No, I, don't know if I, 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 I thought that um, maybe if your Jolly Looks last more than five minutes, I could borrow one. <laughs> Is that right? Okay, well, yeah. that's fair enough, because I've borrowed the book, the Film Photography Handbook of Monica's From Yourself Aid via Graham. Yeah. So um, in return, I'll let you borrow one of my Jolly Look cameras when it arrives. How many did you buy? <laughs> uh, three. Three? Three? <laughs> wow. Yeah. I wanted the, um, the three-pack because, obviously, you know, with me doing workshops and things, I wanted the opportunity for people to be able to use those at the same time to go and ah, shoot with them. Ah, be uh, so, see business assets. Good idea. Well, yes, that's the idea. So that I'd be able to um, to have them being used simultaneously was the idea. Right. But unfortunately, they've not yet arrived, as you know, Monica. So uh, I don't know if you've seen any updates. It looks like, fingers crossed, maybe we're nearly there. <laughs> yeah, nearly. I, I think I received an email the week before last week. Right. So they are shipping right now and yes. Let's hope so. keep your fingers crossed. Fingers, everything's, everything's crossed. Okay, <laughs> we well, will see how we get on with that. So, okay, so that, that would be interesting to, to, to see. I mean, you, you've got, uh, because we've got, yeah, the, 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 it's almost a, a, a one end of the spectrum to the other, isn't it? Because you've got the jolly look at one end and you've got the work that Mint cameras are doing to, uh, mm -hmm. to, to make some quite sophisticated instant cameras and, and uh, almost everything in between. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping uh, I'm going to uh, be enormously successful with my new Lomo camera, and we'll see how that goes. I will. Uh, I, I do just to prove uh, to Graham, if nobody else, that I still really do shoot film. <laughs> <laughs> just out of interest, Aid, did you get the Instax Mini back with your Lomo yes, Square? Yes, I got a, mm -hmm. I got a a pack that included. The instant mini back. It included yep. a, a a splitzer. Is that what they call it? Yes. Which helps you with with half and half exposures. I believe so. They uh, uh, they sent a, me the wrong one. Close. They sent you the wrong one. Yeah. So I've got the splitzer rather than the Instax mini back, which is what I was after. And I only realised after you know way after I'd opened up the pack. Um, because I opened up the the main part for the for the camera and went out shooting with that, and then was like, oh, what's this extra box that was sort of hidden? And opened that up and was like, yeah, that's not what I asked for. <laughs> oh, oh, mine mine yeah. had it. Mine was one pack and it had it all in. So maybe there are different. Maybe there was a difference between the Kickstarter kits 
uh, and the well, maybe you've got my production back. ones. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. maybe. Um, yeah. I mean, it's going to be into. I mean, I I think I'll use it. What it's going to do is it's it it it's it's. I think if I remember rightly, it's it's a backdoor and yeah um, internal holding mechanism that will hold the smaller film cartridge in the right place. Right. Um, oh, that uh, sounds. Good. So, so you have to sort of detach the back door and replace it with yeah, and and then then you can use the the mini bit. And there's a bit inside the viewfinder which seems to uh, uh, to to be this. I, I don't have the words to describe it, but when you look Does through the correspond? viewfinder, now that when you look, yeah, there's, there's a there's a bit the, the 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 square when you're shooting the square, you use the whole viewfinder, and there's this bit that seems to be um, not cut away out of it, but it just it refracts the light differently. So okay, that hang on, I've got it here. I'm going to try now. Um, and that seems to be about the size of a mini, but I, I oh uh, yes. I can see. I can see what you mean. Yes, it's, like, it's sort of slightly, slightly um, more transparent. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's a better way of putting it. Yeah. So, so that might be the framing lines, if you like, for the instant yeah. mini. So, I, I will try that. Um, uh, uh, especially seeing as I have a bunch of mini film in the fridge. But there we go. <laughs> okay. Right. Moving. Moving on. Moving on. So that covers a few bits and um, bobs. Uh, I tell you what, then we have uh, the next email. Rach, maybe you'd like to take over for this one. Uh, this is from uh, John Whitmore. Yes. So um, John gets in touch, says, hello there, Sunny16. Dropped your message on Twitter recently, which I'm assuming means to Graham, because obviously he was taking over from you on Twitter. Um, and there have definitely been messages saying, please come back, aid. Really? OK, so he <laughs> yeah. certainly has a different Twitter style to me. <laughs> definitely. I think people were like, well, aid's changed his uh his approach <laughs> ah, right. um, without realizing it was actually graham who'd taken over for a bit whilst you're away um another reason we're really pleased that you're back aid um anyway <laughs> so john says dropped you a message on twitter recently about having a shout out for the uk landscape photo walks that i'm organizing this year and wonder if it was still possible it says every year around this time i put a schedule together for heading off around the uk for landscape photography adventures in the summer after attending the photo walk in Birmingham with Hamish recently, that was the beers and cameras one, I believe, um, and thoroughly enjoying it, it got me thinking about organising some free outdoor photo walks. I'm in the first stages of planning and have set up a small survey to help decide how and where they will take place. I would greatly appreciate anyone interested to fill this in. As they potentially require a little more planning than an average photo walk, I'll be releasing a schedule in a few weeks. This will allow time for booking of travel accommodation if required. There will be a variety of walks at each location spaced over a few days. Join for the whole trip or a single walk. People have registered um, to be shooting 35 to 8 by 10 Polaroid and pinhole, so plenty of different formats to chat about and experience already. If the prospect of heading out in the inevitable UK summer rain doesn't entice you enough, I'll also be bringing homemade cake. <laughs> Hope to see you and your listeners there. Um, so he sent over uh, a link as well saying more information and the survey can be found on his website and that he'll be posting updates on Twitter um, that the walks will ultimately be organised through the awesome photowalk.me website. So um, obviously I've um, we've mentioned photowalk.me before um, 
It's an app for uh, posting uh, free free photo walks that you're either hosting or you'd like to, um, if you want to go on there and search for one to see if there's any happening that weekend or in your location, um, then you can go on there. And it's excellent resource um, that is starting to get more and more populated. So looking forward to doing more of those. Obviously, we did our um, meet up at the photography show through that as well so that's really nice and um, John has uh, clearly been using that as well so you can see more information on his website which is John Whitmore which is um, John W-H-I-T-M-O-R-E dot gallery uh, so have a little look there sorry I was just gonna say this PS was even if the Sunny 16 crew can't make it I'll still send you some cake because your show is amazing which is nice thank you very much John <laughs> that's very kind of you John cake is always appreciated especially fruit red cake velvet. <laughs> oh no red velvet for me there we go we've got two two orders in already okay well, there, we, there we go so yeah no that, and that's good that, that, that John's uh, managed to uh, connect with Martin at photowalk.me so it, it's uh, I, I will um, I will get the uh, the latest gossip on how that's all going from Martin's end uh, when I see him on Saturday um, so uh, see, see how it's getting off it certainly seems like there's getting some traction around that right uh, oh, oh, oh. just before we go sorry it was yep. just to say um, if you want to have a look at John's uh, Twitter or Instagram uh, account he's at the dark shed just so you know okay <laughs> is that like a dark room but outdoors do you think i believe so <laughs> <laughs> well that makes sense not everybody can live in such a big house as monica so <laughs> the dark warehouse <laughs> so monica do you i mean i know you you do travel and you do workshops and things like Mon that monica but do you get to do many photo walks either as a leader or a participant not recently but uh i think i have to do more of that and i actually love it to go out with people and and shoot because i i think you you get definitely more ideas if you mm. go with your tribe, so to say, and and work yourselves through, yeah, markets, cities, whatever. So yeah, I have, yeah. To, I, have to, I definitely have to do that more. Normally, when I go out and sh and to shoot, it's it's with Chris, so and mm. on my own. But it's a lot of fun to do it with other people. Yeah, I've, I don't get to do it too often, but it, there's, there's definitely it, it's for me. It's a really nice difference. A really, you know, uh, that nice is a, is is not a good word for that. Um, it's it, it it does what I think for me what you what you've just described, Monica, which is that it's, you get the different point of view and you see people. Mm -hmm. Even if it's just you see somebody pointing their camera at something and you think. What are they looking at? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I don't see anything there. It's just like so, so. Then you can go and talk to them. And say exactly what? What is it exactly? Yeah. You know. But it can it can be distracting. So so if if you see something and nobody else does, it it feels weird, kind of that that you are the one pointing your camera at things, and then the other way around, they are standing all at the same point, pointing their camera into one direction, and you think. Hmm, that's not the perspective I would use, but maybe theirs is better. Should I go there? Should I try nah. it? That is that is so bad. If you're not self-confident, it's it's different to do. It, it's difficult actually to do your thing if you are with so many people. That's an interesting yeah. thought. Yes, it's 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 on the one hand getting new perspectives, but on the other hand, you have to. Stay connected to your own perspective somehow, mm. and this is the challenge, I think. Yes, it's because it's, I have seen that happen as well, where 
everybody suddenly zooms in on the same thing and sometimes mm -hmm. it's a person or, or a small group of people or something like that and then I, I find it difficult to also go and join the group I, yep. I think no, that's too many people pointing cameras in that direction you know it's it, there's too much observation going on of that particular thing I shall go somewhere else and shoot something else <laughs> instead yeah I, I, I sometimes get shy if I'm with too many men and I'm the only woman ah. walking and I think, okay, they probably all know better <laughs> and they all have the better, the better camera. They're all more, more experienced. Hmm. No, I might you're... just turn, I might just turn around and take a different route <laughs> through yeah. that area. So it's, 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 it's weird, but, but I definitely think it's, it's a good thing to do. So to walk with people and to get the different perspectives, it's still sometimes that I that I lose myself, that I lose the connection mm. to what how I see the pictures. So there's there's an advantage and a disadvantage then. Interest, mm -hmm. Interesting. Oh well, I tell you what. So one of the so yeah, the the photo walk I'm going on on Saturday is uh, primarily about analog photography. Um, so actually, there's not going to be much sharing of images on the day because everybody will be shooting film but i am going to be shooting instant film so i i will be able to share my images but maybe mm. not so many other people will uh, do you think you'll take any other cameras or will you just take your lomo square do you think aid no i'm just going yeah i'm just going with that i i, I you travel I, light with your cameras don't you whereas uh, graham and i are like okay five now nah, i need so, six so <laughs> i yeah i i so i i'm i'm not quite I've never quite got into that thing where I'm going for a short walk, so I'd best take 12 cameras. That's just not me. <laughs> you cannot concentrate on one if you take 12. There, is, there you go. See, Monica gets work. it. Monica Absolutely. gets it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm saying it's it's the, definitely a good thing to be able to do that. I'm just, yeah, that that's my... So, uh, I, yeah, I, well, I'll I, tell you what, I'll, I'll tell you what, I, yeah, I was going to say I'll let you into a little secret, but it's not much <clears> of a secret um, because anybody who listens closely to this show probably has worked out that I haven't done a lot of photography this year compared to my normal rate of shooting. Um, and, and that's true. And, and I, I'm not having time off and I've not gone off photography or anything like that. But I am in one of those periodic uh lulls at the moment where you just naturally shoot less uh, and part of that is because the weather's been crap here in the uk and so it's not really been the sort of times where i'm naturally out and about uh, part of it is that i haven't been to quite so many interesting events or or family parties or you know festivals or anything like that um, and so there's been less of the photography that I shoot, which is, yeah, which a lot of which is portraiture. Um, mm. And uh, it's so I've just not been. Uh, another thing that I've been doing is is where I work at the moment. Uh, I've been parking under the building. And so instead of having a nice daily walk where I get to shoot photographs, I've not had that opportunity. <laughs> So, mm. so all of these things have conspired to, to create a, uh, you know, a much lower rate of shooting for me this year than it has been for the last few years. And I do miss it. And I'm really looking forward. Now the brother's getting a little bit better here and I'm going out the weekend and I'm going to have a camera and stuff like that. So I'm really looking forward to getting back into it. But I, st I think I'll only take the one camera, though. I'm pretty sure mm. I'll only take the one camera. I'm definitely trying to get better at it. I think it's because, um, in a way, sometimes when you don't get 
time to go out and do much shooting as you've been talking about aid I then get to that stage where I panic a little bit of well I've got this one opportunity in maybe like two months or three months to go out on this one day for three hours (laughs) I best take all the cameras (laughs) and try and shoot with everything um so yeah I am trying to get better at toning that down and realizing that it becomes you know a uh uh, a false economy you know to uh, to take all the cameras to try and do that because then you end up shooting with hardly any of them um so. uh, yeah i yeah so so I, one thing i have got done is i've I've, I've set myself and i'm not going to talk about it too much here right now because i want to talk about it more properly when it's a bit further down the road but i've set myself a personal project which is a um it's it's a it's a project which i'm going to take deliberately let happen organically um and it's a project that it doesn't matter what camera i have with me it could be an instant camera it could be a film uh, you know a film camera it could be my phone and yet it could work it'd be better on film but it'd be it, it, it the, the thing that i'm doing could work on all of those and i'm i'm intending to have that as a as a low tempo tick over project in the background which over time is going to build me a, a body of work that uh, i i would you know with a with a theme but like i say i'm not gonna i i so i have been doing some of that in the background but again it's still quite um quite low volume stuff so i'm looking forward to some bright sunshine a chance to get out and shoot my new instant camera and that'll get me uh start me on the on the on the uphill side again where i'm starting to shoot more there we go how about that get your analog juices flowing again aid <laughs> <laughs> yes yes absolutely that's how, that sounds good right okay i tell you what whew, I think we're pretty near the end of the show, but there is just one email to read out. One more email. And um, I am going to take a chance uh, because I think on the surface it's actually quite a flattering email for for our podcast. Um, But I'm not entirely sure because I haven't read it all the way through. So I'm just going to (laughs) start and see where it takes us. Okay, so this is an email from, uh, well, actually, this is an email from The Real Jeremy. Right. (laughs) Um, uh, 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 this is, uh, of course, Jeremy North, who, uh, well, I've, I've only met Jeremy the once actually at the photo show a few weeks ago, um, where we all met him. Um, but Jeremy, uh, regularly writes into the show. So here we go. Here is Jeremy's email for this week. It says, hi, Sonnies. Uh, when in the last episode, Rachel said 50 shades of gray, um, I wondered if you'd been moonlighting. <laughs> right. Is there something you want to tell us? Well, I did actually put an editor's note in here from me, which says, I actually said many shades of grey, Jeremy, just so uh, just so you know. Not 50 shades <laughs> maybe, of grey. Maybe you took from that what you wanted to take from that. <laughs> okay, so, well, well, Jer- Jeremy has decided that seeing as when we met him at the photography show, he said, uh, uh, well, somebody said we liked his honest feedback. So he's written us a long great. email with some honest feedback, which is why you can understand <laughs> I may be a little bit nervous reading it. This We're actually quite, but, both but quite terrified. See, it's it's the point. end of the show. It's going to be easy to chop it out in an edit if if it doesn't <laughs> That's work. True. You know, so it, it'll be fine. <laughs> I'll, I'll just get going. To, okay, so oh blimey. Okay, strap yourselves in. Right. Okay. Uh, he says, Ah, okay. He says, I loved it. That's good. The first part of your interview with Anil was interesting in itself. And you know what? I can say that. I listened to that. And that was really interesting listening to you guys talking with Anil last week. Uh, What an amazing career. More poaching going on than the off-season on the River Tweed. Yes. um absolutely um yeah and anil seems to be a very popular guy from how he was describing his his career 
Um, but uh, so and then the heart of the matter, the Goodnight Sweetheart Project. All right. So this uh, for listeners that haven't had a chance to listen to last week's show yet. This is Anil's new book, uh, which is called Goodnight Sweetheart. Uh, Jeremy says, I'd seen the heads up regarding Anil coming on the show and links to his book on Twitter, but had no real idea of its contents. Just a couple of images. This part of your chat was both amusing and very moving. And that's true. I would totally agree with that. That was a really awesome uh, conversation to listen to. Even though I was up a ladder working at the time, I had to stop for a moment to let it sink in. I imagined all of your other listeners rushing to get a copy of his book while I was out and about and away from a means to order it. I did get straight on the case when I got home and ordered a copy of that. Oh, OK, cool. Excellent. Well, there we go. Um, you know, uh, influencing people as we go. Um, the part on street photography was fascinating, too. And is the gift that keeps on giving uh, all of those useful tips and without banging on about gear or boring technical stuff. Uh, proper f- photography talk so practical and things we can all have a go at implementing right yeah that's true actually i pretty much echo everything that jeremy says there it was fa- uh, the fascinating chat with, with Anil. it says and jeremy goes on so so the book ah he's obviously got himself a copy good he says it's a marvel i contacted Anil to thank him and commend him um i described it as gestalt a german word which is along the lines of more than the sum of its parts but a perfect description of it for me. Oh, uh, now, of course, we can get this straight from Monica. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a good definition of the word dis- gestalt? Monica? Uh, that's a perfect definition. Okay. Couldn't have done it better. <laughs> more than some of its parts. Okay. Um, so he says, I have to get a couple more copies to give us presents. Do you know, what? I, I hope he doesn't get the last ones because I want to order one too and I haven't got around to it yet. <laughs> um, here's a recommendation for you and your listeners, a podcast called Photon. Okay, some really interesting interviews with photographers, some of whom are quite well known. Okay, cool. Well, we'll leave uh, we'll leave a link to Photon in the website. Is that one you've heard about, Rachel? It's not one I've come across yet. No. Um, So I look forward to checking them out. We'll leave it in the show notes. Yeah, Monica, have you heard of a website called Photon? It's not a website. Sorry, a podcast called Photon. Mm, Nope. No, it seems not yet. It seems. Okay. Interesting. Well, we'll see see how it sees. We'll have to have a listen. Excellent. Thanks. Well, Jeremy, thank you for your kind words. Um, glad that you enjoyed the show and the book. Um, and uh, thank you for the tip. We'll listen to uh, the new podcast, which, whew, well, I think, Rach. Mm, yes, Aid. That gives us. That's the end of the show. Unless uh, any any other business at all. Not from me. I think. Uh, I think we've done pretty pretty well with that actually haven't we we've managed to bring it in at under two hours so uh, look at us look at us Yay. steamrolling through that well done monica Steam you did a great job <laughs> <laughs> well I, t- I tell you what we, we we've we've uh, been given tips on listening to other people's podcasts and and uh, so uh, and uh, we've given tips on on monica's podcast as well so um, you know that's uh, good good stuff uh, and plenty plenty more to listen to uh, so if anybody feels a little bit hard done by that our show is less than two hours long this week Um, then there is at least some opportunity for you to catch up on some other stuff Uh, Monica it's been fantastic to have you on the show thanks for having me it was a lot of fun well I'm glad you've enjoyed it and I hope you'll come back um, it'd be good to, to good to keep in touch now that we are in touch and and, and uh, understand the the view of the world and especially of the analog photography world from from your point of view but the crossovers as well into your other hobbies <laughs> is that right to call them hobbies it's uh, yeah 
I think you would call them hobbies. Yeah, or passions, but passions. More hobbies, oh, I passion think. sounds yeah. much better. Actually, I much prefer that. Passion yeah, sounds much better. Yes, because I think the way you talk about them, they're certainly more than the the strict definition of a hobby in UK terms. Yeah, so passion sounds excellent. Well, I hope you come back and talk about your passions uh, at some point in the future. Um, that i believe is uh, the end of, of this particular show thank you everybody for listening to us you can get uh, in touch with us at sunny 16 podcast on instagram uh, where no doubt you will enjoy the uh, the irreverent humor of brave sir graham who is a, a bra- <laughs> as i mentioned earlier has bravely run away um and uh, maybe uh if he's not quite so scared he'll be back next week and um, because i think i might be away next week so graham it's safe to come back <laughs> Uh, uh, you can get uh, in touch with us on Twitter at Sunny16Podcast, uh, which, uh, uh, as Rachel said, it seems to have been a little bit of a wild west uh, for the last week or so. Um, uh, hopefully normal service will now be res- res- resumed now I'm back. Uh, Rachel, are we doing much on Facebook at the moment? Yeah, actually, um, we uh, posted up a uh, photo from Graham that I managed to take outside of accidentally at the photography show of him interviewing um uh, the chap on the lomography stand uh craig and uh yeah it's uh it's definitely one of those um very flattering moments of of graham <laughs> in his uh in his element interviewing uh interviewing somebody from lomography so uh, we put it up there as a caption competition and there have been some hilarious <laughs> entries so far so uh okay. keep them coming in guys <laughs> are you gonna are we are you gonna bring those to the show and share them on the show I'm sure we can. We'll be discussing those at some future future point. Um, and Graham has promised a roll of his um, scratched, probably um, fogged, who knows what um, film that he managed to buy a 200 foot roll uh, tin of. <laughs> um, so a couple of rolls of that, I think, are going to the winner of this uh, caption competition. He's not given me any of the details at this point, but uh, keep the uh, keep the captions coming in. So that's been posted on our Facebook page. Excellent. Okay. And of course, listeners, you can always email us sunny16podcast at gmail.com. And we are always very grateful for your messages. Uh, We would like to thank, of course, as we do every week, Rachel's Ban Rocha for uh, the music that goes through this show, which you will hear just momentarily. Uh, Promises I Should Have Kept is the name of the album. And you can find that on Spotify, Amazon or iTunes. It is good to be back i uh, be happy back Aid. it's good to be back i've enjoyed it it's uh, i was putting together my podcasting kit which unfortunately is uh, yeah once you've got a microphone stand and stuff like that in a shared space it needs to get packed away afterwards i was putting it together this evening thinking i'm really excited to do the podcast i haven't been on it for weeks <laughs> so it is good to be back um, and it's great to talk to everybody and we will talk to you all again next week goodbye goodbye goodbye